Your story is waiting for you today. Your story has something new to say. But your story will only come out to play when you're alone. Alone. Alone in a room with invisible people. The following episode may contain swearing. Alone in a Room with Invisible People is brought to you by hollyswritingclasses.com. Hi, I'm Rebecca Gallardo, the host of Alone in a Room with Invisible People. I'm here with author and teacher Holly Lyle, and today's topic is Muse Toys, How to Connect with Your Muse. So um, before we get into, and this one is one that we've been planning for a while, but it's a really, it's one that's kind of more fun and energetic and just something that we've looked forward to doing, but we had a few other things we wanted to get done first. Um, However, just like every week, we're going to talk about our week before we get into the topic. So Holly, go ahead. I had a really good week, and it's nice to be able to say that. Uh, Dead Man's Party, I kicked out one more scene, and it went in some amazing places, and it was exciting and fun to write. On the Ohio series, um, I am doing world building, but I'm doing it by writing a scene, and I have rewritten the first scene about three times now. I would guess I've probably done around 6,000 words. I only have around 2,000 words to show for it, though, because Matt and I keep bouncing things back and forth and coming up with ideas and changing things around, and um, it's the, the house is really important, the location is really important, but the character, the main character herself has changed a couple of different times, and now I'm looking at her being um, a cop who is uh, who was an MP in the Air Force and who is um, kind of shifting away from that. And I'm, I'm really excited about this. This is my, my urban paranormal, um, no, urban, urban fantasy with, and, and I'm just excited about it. This is my- Urban fantasy cozy. Yeah, no, no, this one is not going to be a cozy. That has oh. changed. Okay. Yeah, not a cozy. This is this is urban fantasy. This is and that's what things have been changing is not it's not going to be a murder mystery in everyone. This is going to be a connection with alternate universes. Yes, yeah, yeah, the you even look more excited about that. I am I am. I am. This is just like ooh goosebumps time. This is the shit that I love the most, and and set in Ohio and set in those old houses that I love so much, and I am just ooh. I'm, anyway, anyway, onward. Um, I also uh, lesson thirty five. I finished. Um, I have it up in the classroom now and everything. I was really on the ball with the lesson, so. Um, the only ha- thing I have to do for that now is the dead man's party thing, but it's writing endings with multiple antagonists, protagonists, and multiple endings, because <laughs> that was one of the big questions that people asked me was, well, yeah, you know, I can see how you can kind of drive towards a single ending, but what if you have multiple antagonists, and what if you have all of these different little endings, and how do you do that? And it was, it was a fun lesson. It was, I, I really had a ball doing that one because that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> anyway, that's, that was my week. It was a good week. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, it sounded very exciting. It sounded like you were just full of energy <laughs> oh, for it. Yeah. God, yeah, it was great. I, well, I love my job. <laughs> yeah. I get to do every cool thing in the universe every week. <laughs> my week was also very exciting and 
awesome. Um, as I have mentioned before, I am going through the How to Write a Novel class, and it's kind of going through it at a different pace because I have a lot of like years of experience writing, and I have um, kind of gotten, I don't want to say set in my ways because I'm <laughs> a person who is somebody who looks at um, growth and learning and always, you know, keeping an open mind and, you know, you have your convictions, but there's always the chance that you might be wrong about stuff. So I'm not set in my ways as much as I just get used to a certain thing that I'm doing with my writing. You have a system. Yeah, I have a system. And I didn't realize how unnecessary <laughs> a lot of that system is. As far as trying to <laughs> like let go of certain aspects of the system because it's not like you're saying oh well I can't write like this anymore all you're saying is well for this book I'm going to try it this way and my left brain I found was the one that was struggling with that the, you know it was uh -huh. like no this isn't how we write a book <laughs> my right brain was all like oh uh okay new toys yeah 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 and the problem with that, because it's mostly positive, but there is also a problem with that, is that your your muse notices that it now has a lot more freedom, and it tries to run amok. It tries to just, and this is this is a great you know episode to to be talking about my problem, but it just runs into the toy chest and starts throwing everything at you, and then it finds another toy chest, and it just. <laughs> So I actually created a character in the in the, the first book that I realized his story was too big because I don't want these to be, you know, 90,000 word novels. I want these to be 50, 60,000 word novels. That's it. You know, just very something that I can put out at a regular consistency. And so I'm like, okay, well, I need to save his story for later. Well, we talked about this in another episode. He is a mundane or I believe that's something that you talk about in um, How to Write a Novel as well, isn't it? I or think How so. to Write a Series, one of them. <laughs> yeah. He, he is somebody who is unaware of the world as it is. So he's just a, a dude going about his regular day. And his whole entire life changes. The problem is his story was too big. And I couldn't connect him with the one that was the main story without it feeling forced so I just pulled him back and put him in a new book and then my muse tried to say well we should write that one first because it's introducing the characters the readers to the world at the same time as the character but yeah it's you it's so easy to just kind of follow your muse down these different rabbit holes you know and it's you have to pull yourself back yeah that's you know? the the job part of it <laughs> is that is that there is the play part of it and there's the job part of it and you have to make them live with each other yeah and you said something interesting this week when I told you about how I used to do like I used to have this four plot or four four or five ish page outline then I would do the scene cards I would put everything on the wall and like I like that I especially like the familiarity of it but then writing this way it does feel kind of like writing without my safety net <laughs> mm -hmm. but it's also very freeing 
and it, it's just very hard to kick those those habits aside for a bit yeah well it it that is a really typical situation that writers find themselves in and that i have in in different points in my career found myself in is that you find a way to do things that works and your brain starts saying well this is the way we do things and the left brain editor then goes oh fucking awesome i have my system i have these (laughs) steps this is the way we do it and at that point then you have this sort of little concrete wall that blocks you off from all of the other options. So one one of the things that I do is I change things up frequently. I, I find new ways to do things because when you find a new way to do things, you find different things. You find... Um, you find different genres. Dead Man's Party is a perfect example of that because uh, I was building a way that would bring people who had never finished books into a process that would allow them to write a book all the way to the ending wherein you have to come up with an idea that is the right size for a novel, not too big a novel, not, not a short story, but an actual novel. And so I built for the class, I built this process and then I use my own process. And I came up with a genre I never would have written in my entire life. Post-apocalyptic, <laughs> cannibal, zombie, um, just uh, AI, you know, high, high tech, low tech, no tech, crazy. It just this, it is this mishmash of stuff that wouldn't, I would just would never have gone there ever. But because of the way I built the world and because it was a system that was purpose-built towards showing people how to get to the end of a novel from the beginning of a novel, I, this, I came up with this book that I now love. <laughs> I freaking love this crazy, crazy book I'm writing. And I, I would never have done that if I had not been looking for a different way to show people how to come up with the right size idea for a novel. <laughs> And, um, yeah, that's, it's when I was doing this, that's, it's one of the harder things to do is to step away from the familiar stuff, step Mm -hmm. away from what you do every time and just trust in the system because I'm already, I've written four scenes all over a thousand words. Um, I had a therapist appointment that then I also had to run errands and stuff. So I missed a day. But I got my words the other days. I'm on. I'm going to be starting lesson eleven tomorrow, so I'm I'm kind of doing like five lessons a week, five scenes a week, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's technically it's the same pace as the novel, so I should be finished with it by the time I get there. But to the end, it's it's very. <laughs> I mean, you're you're looking at somebody who since seventeen has plotted pretty much the same way. I've, I've adapted different things. Like I said, I, I, I'm not stuck in my ways because I will read something and I will learn something and I will use that. I'm always switching things up. But that's also the reason I took the course. Just because I have so many years experience in doing things doesn't mean that I can't learn something new and change something and learn something better and learn how to be a better writer I think that you should never stop trying. 
you know, never stop getting better. So I definitely wanted to take the course and see what I can get. And I got to say every single, every single lesson so far, there has been something in there that even though I knew the basic premise of the, the lesson, um, has kind of just the way it's been worded is kind of eye opening or gives me new perspective on the way to look at something. So yeah, so far it's been really awesome. And I have to say too, going into each scene, knowing less about the scene, less about the story, less about the characters and, and just having this very vague ending in mind, it's a lot more exciting to write Mm-hmm. It's it's also terrifying too because you're like, well, what if I get stumped? You know, like what if my muse just doesn't know where to go? But that's that's always a threat, even if you do plot something, because then you're more likely to have your muse get bored with what you're writing, and then like you don't want to write this scene or that scene, you know? So right, plotting only a couple scenes ahead is really weird and I'm also missing my index card wall I'm missing it so much (laughs) so I did this kind of thing for every scene that I write I put it on an index card and put it up on the wall so that you have a, a at least a map of where you've been yeah I prefer to have it all up there looking ahead because it's very motivational to have all of those index cards up on the wall and ticking them off one at a time mm-hmm. um especially if i since I've been doing this for so fucking long <laughs> it's it's like the safety net wasn't even inappropriate it's it's like skydiving without a parachute it feels like but um that ain't good no <laughs> odds of survival are slim. <laughs> But the, um, the, at least, you know, putting it up on the wall, maybe I could just create something new. Like I can see, watch my book grow, not just in the pages that I print out, but in the index cards on the wall. I don't know. (laughs) So let's get to the topic today, which is Muse Toys, how to connect with your muse. Yes. Um, well, that, will you kind of bring us into a really good place to start with that? It is. Your, your left brain likes system and it likes routine and it likes everything to be safe. Your right brain needs to play. And your job as the writer is to bring these two argumentative, squabbling, difficult people together in the room and get them both to work together to create something really cool. And the way to, you know, there are a lot of times when we're going to be working on left brain stuff with the podcast, but this time we're just going to, to go all out with what you can do to, to give your muse this great playroom, this great opportunity to find new ideas, to cut loose, to be creative, um, without having to deal with the left brain editor going, no, you can't do that. We don't do those things. Um, and so what we're doing here is, is Becky and I are just going to go back and forth on our collection of Muse toys. And they aren't always toys. So uh, I'm going to start with my first one, which is, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, office supplies. If Matt wants to give me a treat, 
he takes me to Office Depot or another office supply store and just turns me loose. And I find colored markers and pens and notebooks and big paper and um, just just little things like, like rulers and um, things for making maps with and grid paper. Oh my God, grid paper. I love grid notebooks. I have, I have so many grid notebooks because you can sit down and you start doodling on them and you get a map and from the map you get a world and from the world you get species and from species you get all of this awesome stuff that like conflicts and, and religions and cultures and languages. But it starts with little squares on paper. And to me, that is like the best toy in the world is colored markers and notebooks and sheets of paper that you tape together and cover a kitchen table with. And that is like my all-time single favorite. If that was the only Muse toy I could ever have, that would be that would be what I would have. Colored markers and pens, notebooks and big paper. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Because, yeah, I think... We have a different um, idea, too, of what Muse toys would be, but um, my favorite is, I, I don't even know if I have a favorite, because technically, like, everything in the world can be a Muse toy. It just depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to cover something, too, like, the different things that, I don't think, I think a lot of people don't understand what ideas can can be um like when when writers say they get ideas from everything a lot of beginners don't understand that they'll sit there and they don't know what to write well if you have a day job let's say let's just say you're a a waitress and you have you know you're sitting there and you're you're wondering about this one person and you're creating an imaginary life for for his story that to me that that job can be a muse toy too because it's inspiring your ideas and that idea that the idea of wondering who this who this customer is or you see scenes play out and then you start thinking well good thing it didn't go this way and your brain starts thinking about that that those are story ideas when i was a maid i would go and clean other people's houses obviously and that was a huge muse toy Oh, wow, I can imagine. Yeah, because you see everybody else's different lives. Um, A lot of people leave stuff out that they shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) A a lot of parents don't understand what is in their kids' rooms. Um, There's there's also a, a lot of things that people have that they take for granted so you you are responsible for for cleaning this home and you are given an insight into their to their life and they don't realize how much you can tell from just the way they live just who they are what their priorities are you know being a maid I never regretted doing it I just regretted working for the asshole I did (laughs) but (laughs) yeah but it was a good job it was you know it was you're underpaid, you're overworked, but it was a fascinating job. And that was a muse toy too. So I think, I think one thing in my head is that your jobs can absolutely 100% be muse toys. You can see that Holly has, has, um, had, had her job as a nurse be a muse toy. It, you can see different examples of that in her books. Oh God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it, that's, that's more like muse sort of, 
survival um, horror story because that's where I learned all about trauma and all about bad things that can happen and all about what you have to do to survive. Well, that's where I learned part of it. Um, it was That was totally how how I put real world into my fiction. Was but it's, it was I, inspiration in some way, shape, or form, whether it was oh God, yeah. to get the negative out or to get the positive in or whatever. It's that That is, to me, all of the jobs that I have done so far, every single one of them, has been kind of a muse toy for me because you come up with all of these ideas if you don't squash that side of your brain I know a lot of people will automatically their left brain shuts down the right brain Mm -hmm. so as long as you're not doing that that that's it that's a big muse toy for me is just you know your job well, yeah, unfortunately, most people have been trained to have their left brain shut down their right brain. They have been trained from childhood. You know, don't ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's don't don't ask questions. Get your head why, out why, of the right. Yeah. The answer to every question why has been because I said so. And that's the wrong answer. That was the answer you gave us. <laughs> it was from time to time, yes. But I also made sure that you guys had lots and lots of books and muse toys and, yes. and, and adventures and things. So that's, that's why can't we do that because I said so was because I didn't want to explain why you couldn't do that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's that. It's, you know, get your head, uh, head out of your ass. Stop mm-hmm. daydreaming. Oh, boy. Pay yeah. attention. And it's like, like in the other episode I mentioned, I don't remember which one. It was one of the ones a week or two back. It was, you know, people get to the point where I want my crayons back. So if you are somebody who is not currently writing, but, you know, you have that drive, like you're listening to the podcasts kind of thinking, oh, someday, definitely, you know, start paying attention to what excites you. And delve more into that, even if what excites you is something like nonfiction, because that's also one of my muse toys. It's probably one of yours as well, nonfiction. Oh, yes, but absolutely. If you like, if you like cheesy, The Bachelor, if you like that on TV, and and you're excited about that, and and you think of all the different storylines of the way that that <laughs> that that show could go, <laughs> um, then maybe you should be writing something about you know like write a fictional reality tv show that's you know just as tawdry (laughs) (laughs) just pay attention to what excites you because you have your own muse toys it's just your right brain has been silenced for so long it can be hard to find them it can be um okay let me move on to my next muse toy which kind of kind of connects to that thought too um I was blessed with crazy parents uh, <laughs> who did, who were very young and who made some absolutely incredibly stupid life choices. And it was wonderful for me. Um, they took us as missionaries, as lay missionaries, because they were not ordained, to Alaska, to a civil war zone in Guatemala, and to a communist incursion in Costa Rica. 
And um, from my adventures in living on the tundra and in living in two very dangerous for Americans countries, um, one in which a, a num number of Catholic missionary women were uh, murdered by guerrillas and uh, were found, their bodies were found with their necks wired together, buried up to their necks in, in dirt as kind of a warning for anybody else. Um, while we were living there, uh, that, uh, I, I learned what an amazing gift living in this country is and how much people take for granted basics like food <laughs> and uh, a house that's made out of something other than banana leaves and um, having clothes for your children. I don't, and I'm not talking about having nice clothes for your children. I'm talking about not having your children running naked in the village because you can't afford any clothes for them at all. And I saw, and I was stunned. I, I was stunned at what it was like living in other countries and how very, very different it is from being in the United States. And, um, we, we ate whale blubber when I was in Alaska and uh, Eskimo ice cream, which it was called agutuk, and it was berries and fat, and uh, fish head soup, which had the fish eyes still floating in it. And, um, Yum. And smoked, yeah. No, not so much. But the smoked salmon, oh my God. Oh, yeah, fresh salmon. Alaskan salmon must be fucking amazing. Oh my God, it was amazing. It was the best food ever. We would pull the salmon, and I got to help with this. I got, as a kid, I was nine years old, and I learned how to make nets. How to, you take this this big needle with, with nylon thread, and then this um, little bar, and you do these looping stitches, and it was kind of like macrame, kind of, mm -hmm. um, where you were making fishnet. And I learned how to mend and make fishnets when I was nine years old and I got to help with cleaning the fish. And I, we, the, the boys in the children's home it went out with my dad and they would set the nets and then they would bring in all these salmon that were like 30 to 50 pound salmon. And then everybody would work with gutting them and cleaning them and hanging them up and smoking them. And um, we would have fresh salmon steaks. Oh my God, what I would do for a fresh salmon steak. They were an inch thick. They were as big as, as like half a plate in size. And my dad would bury them under coals. Uh, we also cooked them in the wood-burning stove, which was the only stove we had. But, but we were out camping one time, and he dug a pit, and he put them in aluminum foil in, on top of the pit with butter and just cooked them in this pit under the dirt for, uh, what, an hour maybe? Maybe less, less than that. And when they came out, they were the best thing on the planet. I have never had anything like it since. I miss that so much. <laughs> and so your life experiences are a muse toy. Yes, yes. From from the things that I got from that and, and from that guy grabbing me at the bus stop in Costa Rica and from uh, just stuff that that you don't experience in your own culture that you realize that every every place is not the same as this place and that those differences matter that they change everything then it allows you to write better fiction 
because you don't have these blinders on you anymore. You don't think that, I, I call it living at the mall, um, where people write these stories where they think every town is like their town. Every place has a mall. Everybody goes to the mall. And everything is this sort of pasteurized, homogenized, safe place. And, and you, you lose so much by not knowing how things are elsewhere. And how, and even, I mean, the differences even between states, between temperatures, between villages in, in the United States, between cultures, between the North and the South, between the East and the West. Um, yeah, are, in the Midwest, I mean, the middle of America is very, very different. If, you know, obviously it's more of like the North because you, you go down where like Louisiana is and Louisiana has its own culture. Right. So, I mean, you're looking at a whole bunch of different, even just traveling within the United States, there is so much to learn. I think a lot of people outside of the United States think of Americans as like just this homogenized America, you know, one, mm -hmm. one person or the, you know, the, the more liberal side of things that's, they have just the two views of Americans. Mm -hmm. And if you, there's go so through, much more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's an amazing, and that's what I miss about South Florida because there are so many cultures there are so many people down there 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 is always someone different someone and and where i'm living right now is more of that kind of um you have to work harder to find the differences like the biking community there's different cultures within even the biking community mm -hmm. you know so it's there you need to just kind of look around the world and start asking questions and start paying attention instead of trying to think of one viewpoint like I think this is something that writers do often is we look for all of the viewpoints <laughs> right and that's a that's a good talent right okay well that was mine travel what's yours oh travel travel I thought that was life experience travel was yours <laughs> yeah. okay well but travel gives you gives you different life experiences so yeah yeah no yeah. very true um the one that I mentioned before nonfiction. um I, I have actually, for, for a couple of years, it was harder for me to read fiction than it was for nonfiction. I would just dive into nonfiction. And I will pick up books that I don't have any interest in whatsoever sometimes and just start reading. And you get fascinated by things. I, I have a book on um, chemistry I have yet to, to delve into, but I picked up a book on mathematics and I hate math, not good at math, <laughs> but reading about it from somebody who is a very passionate person is, is, makes it different. Um, I also want to state nonfiction. I'm not just talking about, um, books. I'm, I'm talking about documentaries and I'm talking mm -hmm. about going on YouTube as well. You have this, this, um, I, I know it's probably at this point an overused word, and I know I think we have mentioned it once or twice, but there's a threat of an echo chamber when you are online because social media is intended to, uh, whether or not you have like the ad blockers on, whether or not you have, you know, different um, VPNs or whatever, or these things where it's supposed to not track you, those are a little bit better, but 
If you are just experiencing social media in a very regular way, it is targeted towards you and what you like. So the more you click on the things that you like, the more you respond to people's posts that you like, the more you search for the things you like, the more you're going to see. And that means your opinions as well. The Mm -hmm. more you, if you are a um, gun owner and you are, you know, looking for holsters, then they're going to start showing you more and more and more gun owner videos, which is fine. That's, you know, part of, you know, social media is they are trying to uh, specify. Yeah, well, it's the cool thing about the internet is that if you know what you like, you get to see a lot of it. Yeah. The only problem with that is then you also are going to be fed all of the rhetoric from whatever it is that you believe. So if like the cat videos and stuff that I have, I'm, <laughs> I also end up with a lot of um, PETA videos, uh, the SPCA videos, the, um, the, the more green videos um, discussing different environmental topics from one side. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it, it, it creates this kind of echo chamber And for writers, that is not the best thing in the world. So if you go into YouTube or, you know, you're looking for documentaries, watch things that don't have your opinion. Watch Mm -hmm. things from the other side of the opinion because, you know, it might make you mad, (laughs) but, you know, could try to go into it with an open mind, realizing that there are millions of other people out there that don't share your opinion that aren't violent that aren't rude that aren't going to shove it down your throat that have these opinions and try to understand why this is this to me is one of the the bigger muse toys as well because it gives you this different viewpoint that you can put into a character even if they don't end up convincing you you maybe at least you don't end up as angry as you were before (laughs) that's a little bit of a bonus but the idea is to expose yourself to things that you wouldn't know about. I found um, this guy, there was a science YouTube, I don't remember his name or his older name, he just changed it, but um, he does these little experiments and and sets up these little science experiments and stuff, and he had one where he has all of these plants, and every time he got a subscriber, um, they would water the plants. So, the thing was like subscribe to keep my plants alive (laughs) (laughs) and he went he went from about five thousand to a hundred thousand subscribers insanely quickly and he he set up this this experiment where when he hit one hundred thousand subscribers the lights would would flash and the music would play and he ended up waking up at 4.30 in the morning and turning Aww. the camera on and being like, this, this is not the best time in the world, but hey, guys, we just Aww. hit 100K. Yeah. He's, oh, that's so cute. It was really, really cute. And he's like, and thanks so much for keeping my plants alive and almost drowning them. Yeah. Well, that's... um, That... That is something that that I would like to kind of say here is that one of the most amazing things I have found is that the vast majority of people everywhere are pretty decent people. And that's whether they agree with you or disagree with you, no matter what side of any political or religious or unreligious fence they are on. 
no matter no matter where they live, no matter what skin color, what what language they speak, the vast majority of everyone everywhere is a pretty decent person. Yeah. And it's really hard when when you keep having all the media focusing on the small minority who are assholes to remember that the assholes are a minority and if you if if we could just kind of ignore them maybe they would all starve and vanish (laughs) probably not i mean the the assholes have always gotten attention and and the media has always pretty much been the way it is so it's it's just you have to use your brain yeah. And and realize that there is more to things than, than just what the media says and shows us. And, and I think most of us, even hermits like me, I still go outside most days. You definitely have to pay attention to the real world and not get tied up in social media and media media and the news. Because what has happening outside your door what is happening with your neighbors and coworkers and, and the world around you. That is what matters. That is what you can affect. Right. Right. And the muse toy there is that social media can be a negative muse toy. It can shut down your muse. Yeah. Um, well, that can, was what I was trying to yeah. say, too, is that it has that echo chamber effect. So you want to um, be mindful of the fact that it is trying to appeal to you in order for you to stay clicking and also you know maybe buy things stuff of that nature but it's it's neat to go look at things from somebody else's perspective that um just look up random shit that you would never think to look up mm-hmm. you know just I wish they still, like, um, Wikipedia has this, this thing where you can just hit random article. And I wish YouTube had that. <laughs> just yes. random video. Because that would be kind of cool. But you can hit the Wikipedia thing and hit random article and find something really neat. Or you could just go into YouTube and type in some weird letters and find out what pops up. Just use... Probably with an exercise of a teeny bit of caution on that. <laughs> well, at least YouTube, there isn't too much, there's not, like, the NC-17 or anything well, yes. like that. Yeah, yeah not, that is, it's not like... Yeah, that is a major up. advantage there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like just going on Google and typing random letters. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, there's there's so many different ways to open up your mind. And, and looking at nonfiction, I have been fascinated by flat earthers. Just fascinated by the flat earthers. And uh-huh. again, this is, this is a nonfiction thing in a way... Because these people truly 100% believe in the flat earth theory. And it is, I gotta say, it's entertaining to listen to. It's entertaining to watch. Um, and and again, you're, you're going at it, not getting angry, mm-hmm. listening to their point of view, maybe with a little bit of arrogant, condescending amusement, I'll admit. Of course. That's <laughs> mandatory. The, yeah, but at the same time... <laughs> You are listening with an open mind because, hey, if you ever meet a flat earther, <laughs> I understand you. I mean, I don't, you know. 
Yeah, I, I don't, don't agree with you, but, but uh, yeah. yeah, you have fun with that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just it, listening to a friend who is who is extremely religious and believes it's the end times. He's a personal friend of mine. I will listen to him talk all day because it's fascinating. It is truly, mm-hmm. truly fascinating, and it's it's frightening his his worldview to to be in that life you know so paying attention to life paying attention to nonfiction, opening your eyes to other people's um points of view that you vehemently disagree with <laughs> you know yeah it can be fascinating it can be interesting it, and the thing is you can also learn a little bit about about them and maybe even change a little bit of your mind if you are open-minded enough if, if you pay attention and and you're watching something that isn't a viral asshole video you know mm-hmm. if you're if you're watching somebody who is logical and just has a different point a different point of view than you then it, it could help not necessarily change your mind but understand them better and maybe even find common ground within what you both believe right right that's I like that. Um, okay, let's see. Muse toys beyond that. Um, my, <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go weird here mm-hmm. on the next one. My my next muse toy is a shower. Oh yeah, and because yeah. I have my best ideas standing in the shower in the morning because my brain just kind of wanders and I've got warm water falling on my head and there is something soothing about that where and you know I'm I'm just awake I have just crawled out of bed I have just wandered into the bathroom and you know I'm still bleary-eyed and and tired and and groggy and I step into the shower and once that first little blast of cold water is passed I, I, I scooch inside and and the water starts running on my head and my left brain isn't quite awake yet so my right brain is going ah where are we going this morning and i have come up with more ideas for my scene for that day just by allowing my right brain to to doodle <laughs> on the walls of my, uh, the inside of my head while I am standing there with my eyes half closed in the shower. And I go through an awful lot of hot water that way. <laughs> but, you know, but I'm the only person who uses the shower in the morning. Guys get theirs at the end of the day. So um, it works for me. It works for them. And, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is this little thing that I, my right brain just knows okay, well, my time's coming, and it jumps in there, and it starts fiddling around with whatever story it is we're going to be working with that day, and by the time I get out, I have a direction for a scene, and I wasn't working. I wasn't intentionally working. I was just standing there, taking my shower, and my brain was doing stuff. So, you know, that's that's like one of my awesome superpower um, used toys. <laughs> and over to you. Um, I love the morning pages. Um, Describe those, because that's not something I do. Okay, well, morning pages is kind of where, it, it, and again, it's, uh, oh man, Julia Cameron? It, it's a, in an artist way, or the artist way. It's a book. Um, came out, I think, in the, like the 90s. And basically... 
as soon as you wake up, you write pages. And what it does is it can clear your brain of um, fragments from dreams. It can um, kind of clear your, your, there's kind of like residue from the other day. So what I, even though it's supposed to pretty much be as soon as you wake up, I will go walk the dogs. I will go, you know, feed all of the animals, let the dogs back in, grab my coffee, go and do my morning pages. And sometimes it's just rambling. Sometimes it's just venting. Yeah. So the, the morning pages, there's, there's a lot of stuff that comes out and, um, I feel like that is kind of like, like preparation for, for your brain. It kind of, it, it kind of empties it of a lot of the, a lot of other things, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like, especially if you've had bad dreams, if you're, if you're going through, uh, not just depression, but anxiety, or if you are, really, really super hyped up for the day. You can, you can write about that, but I've, I've gotten a lot of ideas during news time too, because part of it is it's supposed to be just this free write thing, just this, you know, don't think about it, just write kind of stuff. But I, I, I very rarely do that because I'm always thinking. So it's, it's hard not to think and just free write. Yeah. But, um, that always seems to wake up my muse and it seems to clarify things for me and and the muse is almost always ready to go right after I'm done with that stuff. It's like, okay, that crap is done. Let's go have some fun. That it, it's kind of like clearing your desk mm-hmm. of a whole bunch of junk or getting all of your chores out of the way first thing in the morning and then you have the entire day to play. I don't know what it is, but I don't know if you can count it as a muse toy. It's kind of like. If it helps you write, that's a muse toy. Yeah. Okay. So that, yeah, morning pages, if you haven't looked it up, look it up. If if you want, you can buy The Artist's Way by Julia Julia Cameron, I think it is. I think I I said Campbell last time, but I I think it's Cameron. (laughs) Well, mine mine now, this, my next one is going to come at the opposite end of the day. Um. I have this thing that I do that I don't, I, I think I might have read about it somewhere at some point in the past. I don't know where, I don't know from whom, and I know that I don't do it like anybody else, I don't think. So I kind of call it programmed dreaming, where um, if I'm having problems with a book, and uh, I have struggled with the writing that day, when I go to bed at night, um, I state what I need to my right brain in the form of a statement. Um, I need a good conflict for um, Bob and Betty uh, tomorrow morning. I need, I, need, um, I need some world building idea that is cool and different and that will give me a fun story to write. I need, but one thing, just one thing, whatever it is, and then I breathe in on the count of one and I breathe out on the count of two so that it's, it's a long, slow breath in, a long, slow breath out, and I just kind of focus on my question. 
while I'm breathing in to a count of one and breathing out to a count of two and fall asleep. And that's also a really fast way to fall asleep is if you're, if you are just counting in on one and out on two, your brain will pass out from boredom very quickly (laughs) and you will go to sleep. But when I wake up in the morning, most of the time I will have, my muse will have an idea for me frequently. It will give it to me in the shower, but it will be the specific answer to my specific question. And that is, that is a very focused kind of muse toy with a specific single purpose. Uh, and I only use it when I'm stuck. It's not, it's not something that I do every day, but it is a really good, it's all, it's, it's a semi superpower. Yeah. Because, yeah. That, that it is like bringing out the big guns. I'm stuck on the book. I really need an answer. Help me out here. And you know, the next morning I usually have one. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. If you would like to support the podcast, I have a coffee account. It is spelled more like Ko-Fi. It is ko-fi.com slash alone. That is, you know, you can just buy me a quote coffee. The first goal is kind of the, to, to make this sustainable because right now the majority of the money is coming from hollyswritingclasses.com and I would love for the podcast to fund itself. The other way to support it, if you just want to do a one time or every other thing, you can go to alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. On the right hand side, there is a drop down menu and there's three different tiers, five, 10 and $15. And you can just, that is straight through PayPal if you are more comfortable with that over uh, coffee.com. Picking up a new hobby. That is one. Now, I don't need any more new hobbies. Even if it is just for a date night, you know, quote, date night with yourself or with a friend or, you know, with uh, your spouse or significant other. Picking up a new hobby, trying new things is huge for Muse stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for instance, um, I used to go shooting with friends and actually using the guns, feeling them in your hands, trying out the different ones, shooting, um, taking apart the guns, cleaning them. Mm-hmm. You, you learn a lot. It, feeling the bullets in your hand, seeing the different versions of bullets, seeing the different sizes. Um, you you learn a lot about weapons, but you also have actually shot them. You've you've watched in wear earplugs. Um, <laughs> we had never had earplugs. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it, that's yeah. The, it's it's important because especially yeah. when you're shooting a um, desert eagle. Good lord, <gasps> that thing was ginormous, and that thing was a beast and loud. But it it's is so like, cool that you got to do that. Yeah, yeah. I shot the 357 Magnum. I shot uh, a 50 Cal. I shot. I got to shoot a lot of different, really fucking awesome shit. It was fun. That's that's the cool thing to to experience and seeing how different guns react watching other people shoot guns is cool too because you see their body move and you see the way that their their um 
their stances are. You can see different people, how, how more experienced people handle guns versus less experienced people. You, yeah. you can watch the actual fire come out of the muzzle. You, you, you get, you stand far enough back or you're going to get hit by the brass, which I have done many times. Once one fell in my shirt, in my boobs, and that is hot. Ow. Yeah, the brass yeah. comes out hot. So that's just <clears throat> one thing. You you could go take a pottery class. You could go to Michael's and take one of their random classes that they teach. Literally, Michael's, the arts and crafts store, teaches different courses. Um, I remember helping um, Holly's mother in her florist shop, her, for her florist um, business. Yeah. And helping Holly... Holly's father with his stained glass business and they are little things that just different hobbies and you don't have to do you don't have to go out and take a class you know most of the stuff I'm self-taught on so I watch YouTube videos or read books and then I try it out you know you can do stained glass shit at home you can do pottery at home you can do ceramics you you can learn a little bit about stuff pick up paints from michael's pick up to try scrapbooking i don't know i mean <laughs> it's not something that interests me but it's something that could interest other people mm -hmm. and it just gives you a different perspective i the, the reason i say try classes or try doing things with other people is because then you get to visualize what it looks like on the other end you, you can see other people doing things uh -huh. you can watch the expressions you can see well this person is frustrated and hates it because they don't have the creativity for this project, but this person is passionate and just helping other people. It, it gives you more character ideas as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And, and then, and then it can be a, a, a time and money sink too. And, yeah. And yeah. Say, that's where you have to be yarn. careful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got lucky with the, um, with the shooting because, uh, no, I didn't have to pay for the guns or ammo because it was not mine. I was just along for the ride and guys, like seeing girls shoot guns so it was like here <laughs> especially like i think there there's a part of it that it's kind of hot that this chick is shooting a gun and handling it well but then they also give you something like the desert eagle or the 50 cal and then they just want to laugh because somebody who's never shot one before is about to shoot one and it's not about being a girl at that point they give it to guys who's never shot one too and it's like what the fuck whoa holy <laughs> shit you know they're looking for that you know, mm -hmm. exaggerated, humorous the, reaction. Yeah, the wide-eyed, almost knocked on your ass thing from, yeah. yeah. They gave yeah. me that shotgun in the backyard, um, and they're like, oh, no, just shoot it normally, you know, put it right here. They showed mm -hmm. me how to hold it. Like, I was already holding it right, but they wanted to adjust it. And they're like, all right, make sure you're standing this way. All right, go ahead. No, it's got a little kick, yeah. No, uh -huh. that, that bitch almost put me on my ass. Yes, yes, <laughs> you, you really need to be yeah 20 a 20 gauge has a bit of a kick to it so yeah a new hobby whatever it is and, and apologize for all of our um gun <laughs> listeners that are not impressed with our lack of knowledge but again this is yeah. what i'm saying you know you yeah, don't have to be time. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and you don't have to be an expert in these things you, no. you don't you know and obviously google is there if you need to know what certain things are but actually doing yes. it is better yes. because once you have actually done it then you can write it with a certain amount of conviction 
because you have held the thing in your hand. You know what it feels like. You, you know how it moves. You, you know the sounds and you know the shapes and you know the textures. And then um, you've also, if you've done it with other people, you've heard their dialogue, you've heard their uh-huh. banter, you've watched them laugh at somebody who was not expecting to get kicked back and <laughs> was not comfortable with them at the time enough to curse and suddenly comes out with a string of curse words like a sailor. <laughs> I think that's what they were really laughing about because at the time they'd never heard me say a single curse word. But... It was, it's, you know, just try a new hobby and it's best if it's done, you know, with other people because it's, it's, it's a different experience. You, mm-hmm. you get to see how other people handle things as well. And again, it's it, different viewpoints. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Uh, let's see. My next one is, is strange. It's pacing. Where if I, and this is a while I'm writing kind of thing, where I sometimes need to move in order to find an idea. So I will get up and walk back and forth down the hall. It's a short hall. And I will just pace and it drives people nuts if they're watching me, which is one of the reasons why I generally work while people are asleep. Is or not home or around is because I am an annoying motherfucker to watch while I'm working. (laughs) but I do I walk back and forth and I just I do moving seems to kick my right brain loose I cannot explain why but but there is something about being still at a desk for a long period of time that it can kind of lock your creativity down and if you get back up or at least if I get back up and if I just walk back and forth and back and forth and back and forth um eventually the ideas will start to flow again and I'll be able to go sit down and and get more words that is a weird one but it it might work for somebody else too mine mine would be like coming off of that same idea where you're getting stuck with something um and this is a little bit counterintuitive to the, some of the things that we've t- said in the past about, you know, like, write, you know, if you're sitting in there and, and you're writing and you can't remember something, don't research it, just TC it. Um, mm-hmm. Or bracket TC colon. Um, yeah, hyphen and then or, the words and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and then another bracket. Um, but if you're stuck, what I like to do is think about the scene, think about the items in the scene and maybe research it you know like just google images and find something that catches my muse's eye and click on it sometimes it's just like okay you're stuck in the scene you don't know what to do you don't know where to go so i will look up um like if if it's a fancy bedroom i'll look up fancy bedrooms and then i'll see some pictures of some fancy bedrooms and be like ah okay that's cool if it, if it has something in it that I didn't think that maybe the bedroom would have and then it gives me an idea of where to go with that scene it's you know sometimes it can be just as simple as needing to see the layout of an ambulance or yes because you just get stuck and your muse is stuck on one particular thing and if your muse can't see if your muse is blind but it doesn't want to just TC like an entire chapter or an entire scene, then you need to look something up and while you're writing. 
The caveat on that is that you have to stay focused. Yes. And the second you find it, you ditch and go back to the writing because yes. otherwise it becomes the, the internet crawl from hell. And three hours later, you look up and you've gotten no words. Yes. And that's, yeah. that's again, where it comes back to job versus, you know, yeah. letting your muse play. Right. And I have gone down the rabbit hole where I'm looking up something <laughs> and I ended up on zombie anatomy of animal dung or something. I don't, I don't know. It was something really just bizarre. Something completely yeah. not related. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, and you know, I I cannot say this from the per, from the point of view of the person who has perfect self control and who has never gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah. I say this from the person who has lost four hours of a six hour writing day, or yeah, who who had ten thousand words to do one day, and and who ended up working a bunch of extra hours because of the fucking internet. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. because of my lack of self control. Yeah. Let's put the responsibility where it is. Well, that's why, that's also why I put my phone on ultra battery saving mode because the only, and then I, I have limited the apps that you're allowed to open because you can do that in settings. So Mm -hmm. literally the only thing I do is, uh, I can take pictures, but I can't look at them. I can text or receive texts and I can call or receive calls. That's it. That's so while I'm writing that goes there, I have my laptop if I need to look anything up, but I keep it sleep and closed and underneath so it's it's a problem to pull it out it's a three-step process and i'm lazy so Mm -hmm. that gives my muse the kind of like okay well i don't really want to have to wait for her so we'll just tc this it gives me that that extra few seconds to really determine whether or not my muse needs this information to continue going or if i can just tc it right right yeah that's that's important having a system (laughs) I'm sitting and there and constantly reminding yourself, okay, this is for the scene, for the scene, right. for the scene, for the scene. Where, where everything you are doing is to protect the work. Yeah. Because that work time is precious. Yes. And, and irretrievable. Time is irretrievable. So, yeah. Um, okay, well, one of mine used to be mowing the lawn, but that's kind of in the same realm as pacing. Uh, so I'm going to go to my off-hour stuff now. Uh, the thing, cause all of the things that I have done there are things that I do that I can do during work. Oh, see uh, mine, mine are just a mix. Yeah. <laughs> They're all over the place. Well, these were, these now are, are like my off hour things. And one is reading fiction mm-hmm. and I am, am so dragged into Alona Andrews right now. Oh my God. Um, they, they are making a bunch of money off of me <laughs> cause I have found the world building and the characters and the stuff just irresistible. And um, the fact that I want to write in that same genre with my own unique take on it, but still in that same genre and to find something that I love so much and I'm just having so much fun reading uh, is feeding my muse right now. And I'm having a wonderful time with it. And, And then again, back to the nonfiction, which I don't, do this while I'm I'm working but I will read everything and uh, I don't I don't at the moment have any nonfiction that I'm reading though which is very strange because <laughs> usually I have something but right now I'm so sucked into Ilona Andrews fiction I just there there's just nothing else yeah <laughs> right now it's the same for me with Darcy Coates with who 
Darcy Coates. Really? Yeah, she's well. You, it's not something that you would um, be reading because it's it's not it's it's urban paranormal more or less. And it's, okay, I just um, the one story she did was really good, hunted. But that's the one Craven Manners, the one that got me the first time I read hers. And I'm trying to get all of her books because she's a really good writer, and I really enjoy her her stuff. And and it's hard to find good paranormal doesn't go the same route and every single one of her books so far has has gone a different route with the paranormal and nice. I love that yeah um but the the nonfiction, yeah like go to a, a book store one of the like the cheap secondhand bookstores and just randomly pick up something you know that that's the best like nonfiction or fiction you know read something that's out of your wheelhouse we read something that is that is something that you would never in a million years think to read. Um, you know, you would go to the library and, and go to the kids section and start just poking around in the kids books or in. I have a specific recommendation for a title. It is ancient inventions. And I don't even know if the book is still in print, <laughs> but it is all of the brilliant things that people came up with hundreds and thousands of years ago that were, it is low tech, high tech, which is you know how how to do these really complicated, difficult mathematical engineering kinds of things with no tech. Yeah, and how they did it, and it's just amazing. It's on YouTube and, too, if you guys want to look that up, because there's a bunch of those that they've shown on YouTube. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, I, well, I love science anyway. Yeah, but uh, the, and that but that's it's also. So if you don't like science, give it a shot. If you don't like geography, go pick up a National Geographic from like the 80s or the 70s or something. Because the mm-hmm. ones now, they're, uh, I don't know, full of ads and, and I don't know if yeah. they've always been political, but no. they just, they feel. Oh, no, they didn't used to be political. Yeah, they used to be now. More, I can't read them anymore. They used to be very, um, just absolutely fascinating Mm-hmm. And um, so go pick up some older National Geographics or go pick up um, some just a book on a place that you've never even heard of, you know, just try to, to, to branch out with the fiction and the nonfiction, because even that stuff, even if even <laughs> even if you don't want to write anything, but let's say urban fantasy. Let's say that that is all that you have ever wanted to write. That's all you want to write. You can still get ideas for your urban fantasy from a, a, a romance novel or from a drama or from a kid's book or from, you know, a nonfiction book on Madagascar or, you know, a, a nonfiction book on, you know, somebody's biography, some random weird ass person's biography. You know, it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. That, and that's where the unique stuff comes from. That's where the very, very bizarre ideas and connections that your muse makes comes from. Like, I will use an example from Darcy Coates. I'm reading Blackwood Mansion or the Blackwood Manor or something something of that note. And she uses, as an analogy, acupuncture to talk about the energy in the house and I was like that's really cool because that's Uh not something I've ever heard explaining how energy works but it 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 was 
it was a neat way and, and it showed that you know she knew what acupuncture was if you read hunted you can tell how much research she has done with um and possibly hiking and how much the you know knowledge is there from different from different characters that it's you as a writer it's kind of a nerdy thing but you can you can spot things like that that made mm-hmm. like her muse made this connection that possibly nobody else would have really made right right and that that is something that i enjoy reading other writers too is seeing where they brought in something that's outside of my personal area of knowledge and tied it in and used it and it it frequently pulls me to move out of my comfort zone and research stuff to find out more about that thing yeah because that looks useful yeah like like a character who is really heavily involved in woodworking i don't do woodworking but i love to read well-researched but you know not the elephant but just the berries here and there like you Mm -hmm. said and you can put yourself in these things like I'm now I can I thinking about putting pet rats in one of my books again because I yes. I just I, I love pet rats but it's, <laughs> you know because all of my books right now have cats and dogs <laughs> mm-hmm. but just use your knowledge or use what you're learning from these nonfiction books and fiction books. Oh, by the way, oh, uh, something I never thought I would hear ever. But when Matt saw the pictures of your rats that you sent us yesterday, he went, oh, those are really cute. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. No shit. Matt said my rats are really cute. He did. <laughs> he did. And I went, oh. Oh, man. Matt's changing with age, man. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be a softie. <laughs> so, so um, okay, so was it my turn or your turn? I think it was my turn. Okay. Um, so th- this one is kind of, I guess it, it, it goes along with the travel that mom was talking about, but geocaching, if you haven't tried it before, um, I highly suggest you try it. It, it it's, you know, phones have a GPS tracker that you can download and stuff, but a real GPS tracker is going to be a lot more helpful. Um, Explain go, what geocaching yeah. is. <laughs> geocaching is where nerds hide shit places and other nerds go find it. <laughs> that is basically what geocaching is. I almost spit on my mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was drinking uh, water. Oh, warn me. <laughs> that, that's, that's definitely what it is. Or you could say geeks or, or whatever you want. But basically... Um, of course, you have to make sure if it's private property, you have permission, but most of the time, um, so people will hide things in places where they have like public access and a lot of times you'll find them in, sorry guys, in, um, in Georgia, at least in, in the area that I live, you find them in like dirt roads or, you know, the woods or somebody will have gone to Fred's or the Dollar General and made sure it was okay that they put one on their property. Um, we have a policeman who put a geocache in his yard 
and said, it's okay, it's my yard, go ahead. It's it's on the road, it's right next to the road and stuff, so it's not like you're going in his yard, but, yeah. you know, you'll find them in trees, you'll find them in, and that the coolest thing is, like, the night ones. You have to take a flashlight, and you can't find these during the day, but if you go at night, if you use your flashlight, you can find these little dots that are put on trees that glow when the flashlight hits them at night really yeah and you follow the dots and this one scared the shit out of tony because we looked up because the dots are getting higher we looked up and there was this gigantic fucking spider it was the size of one of my cats and tony was like oh you know it wasn't like he thought it was real but when you're not expecting to see it Uh it scared the crap out of him (laughs) and i laughed because usually I'm the one that's getting the scared, the crap scared out of. Yeah. But like some some people will make jokes about him. Um, they are, you know, like, oh, ammo can. And it's a an ammo can the size of like, um, I, I, I don't know, like an inch or two. Oh, wow. And you open it up and there's the little paper that you sign. Because every time you find one, you sign the paper with whatever your geotag name is. And you close it, you put it back exactly where it was, and then you log it on the site. And there are sometimes ginormous ones. We found an ammo can that was the size of, like, you know those little cars that kids drive? Mm -hmm. It was about half that. It was about half that size. I've never seen an ammo can so big. It was huge. It was just, and and it was empty. (laughs) Wow. I, yeah, I was really bummed because a lot of times the geocaches that you find will have toys in them. Like, they're just little trinkets and stuff and you can drop off. Like, one was, like I picked up, um, it was really cool. It was this uh, waterproof match holder. Mm-hmm. And then we would drop off things. Like, sometimes people put quarters in there because kids like to do these. Sometimes people do um, put, like, little um toys random things you get from the dollar store marbles that sort of thing it's it's stupid stuff and you don't have to collect things but you you know it's just the magic of finding things in your urban environment that the treasure and some of the the puzzles are very very difficult some of them are themed like we we actually planted a bunch of geocaches around where we live and one of them was in the silo one of them was down the road and it was about a ufo crash i wrote it up it was a UFO crash. Um, could you help the aliens find their ship? Blah, blah, blah. And we got a lot of positive reviews on it until it went missing. But it was um, a lot of, it was it was a family-friendly one that a lot of kids loved because it was just this little tiny UFO with a dog alien driving the UFO. And they found it and they logged that they helped find uh-huh. the UFO. Yeah. This gets you out it gets you into areas that you would not normally be. It gets you doing things that you would not normally do. Thinking in a different way than you would normally think. Because some of these are puzzles. Some of these people take them very seriously. And create very intense puzzles that are incredibly hard to find. And there is a level of ease that they that they put on these things. And Tony and I have, have been the most random freaking places out here. In the middle of nowhere trying to find these geocaches and yeah i know your mind 
your mind <laughs> immediately goes to serial killer could be luring people or whatever. But well, that's partly where my mind goes. But my mind also goes to your your quote unquote use of the word urban, where I must mention that you have a, a swamp in the back of your yard. Yeah, and no, there there's... are alligators and water moccasins and and yeah. rattlesnakes. In yeah, your so area. you have to be careful depending <laughs> on where you go, but. They're everywhere. And wild hogs. They're everywhere. They are there, too, in where you live, the geocaches. They're in the city. There are geocaches in Valdosta. There are geocaches in New York. There are geocaches everywhere. I think that's so cool. Wherever you live, if you are not comfortable going into the woods, then you can find them in the more populated areas, in urban, not, you know, in the rural areas that we also go uh-huh. But we have found them in parking lots. My favorite, all-time favorite one was a geocache that was on a light pole. On a really? genuine, uh, up there all the way, and you had to find out how to get it. That was that was the puzzle. It was not, the, the, there was no finding it. It was, this is where it is, go get it. So I have a picture of Tony standing on the Taurus that you guys got us um, <laughs> with two poles put together reaching up to get the geocache i have a picture of that and then he had to put it back yep oh my god now i believe it was a magnet or something but it was it was like one of those mean mean monster faces that you can squish that's a stress ball and on the Mm -hmm. inside was the geocache so you signed it and you put you just put it back but it was the coolest weirdest place and it was it 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 makes you think differently it gives you something else to to other environments to be in that you can Mm -hmm. talk about in your writing it gives you you know like like the idea like my idea was always like okay well what if this is a trap you know what I mean like because my mind also goes to those places oh yeah so you know you can yeah, go so a dark you don't route. do this alone <laughs> yeah well i mean i know some people that do and are armed so i would feel sorry for the person trying to trap them but <laughs> it's more fun with other people to me anyway but yeah. yeah so geocaching is is one that i would highly highly suggest especially if you have kids and family and you want to go try some really cool things um we have one that's in a park that there's just like half a dozen no no that's like maybe two dozen geocaches all within that huge giant park nice yeah they just have to be a certain amount of feet away from each other but yeah that's that's an all-day event right there that's an all-weekend event trying to find all (laughs) them that's cool okay um let's see my next thing is uh, a couple of very specific video games and i must stress again this is an off hours activity here <laughs> this is not something that i am doing while i am writing um one is minecraft and the other is no man's sky and minecraft for me is um a world building tool uh, i have built full scale walkthrough models of my various spaceships of uh, a couple of my novels um space stations where I, where you can actually go through the space station to all of the different locations and a bunch of locations I haven't used yet. You can go into the buildings, you can go into the rooms in the buildings. Uh, and I have all of these signs stuck in there asking myself questions about, okay, well, what could I use this for? Why is this building the way it is? Because I'll build stuff without a purpose. 
And then after I've built it, uh, I will go through and say, okay, well now what could this be? Now, I also did the scale models of the spaceships from my own drawings. So those were purpose-built so that I could understand, first off, how big the Corrigan's blood was, because I had it drawn as a two-inch picture on my little graph paper, and um, I couldn't visualize what it was taking for my characters to go from the main place in the ship, the main um, deck for the... Uh, navigation to the war room and I was trying to get the scene right and I couldn't do it and I thought well okay let's say that these blocks I know how big the ship is and I did them at, at a at a like a yard per square when I drew out the thing on the graph paper well okay Minecraft blocks are about you figure three feet per square because you one little person is about uh, two blocks so the six foot person, three foot block, that'll work. That, that gives me my scale model. I will just build this. And I found out the Corrigan's blood was absolutely impossible for my character, uh, Cadence Drake, to keep as her permanent ship because it was just too big. She couldn't afford to, it was, it was the size of a cruise ship. Oh, it so was, that's why you ended up changing ships. Right. That was why she didn't keep that ship was because after I built the damn thing, I realized it was impossible. It was too big. It had that, that gigantic um, uh, garden atrium thing at the top that was, it was huge. It had enough space in there that you could fit 100 people in it easily. <laughs> It was just, and I thought, okay, so so this one person is going to be flying that ship around as, as her regular ride. No, I don't think so. You know, she's got to have room for some crew because some of the stuff she does, she has to do with crew, but some of the stuff she does, she has to do alone. So she has to be able to afford to keep this thing going and fuel for that's going to be impossible. So. It was a learning experience for me, and I have, and so I have done all of my spaceships in Minecraft, just so that I know exactly what I have, exactly where things are, how people get from place to place, and then the space stations, and this becomes really addictive. You go in, and you start building stuff, and you go, ooh, ooh I wonder what I can use that place for. And um, I finally got to use in, in, um, and let me think here for a minute. The not the Cadence Drake stuff, but the the Longview series. The Longview series. Thank you. Yes, I finally got to use in the Longview series the drum space station that I built, where I was. I just built it, and then I, I looked at all of the flaws, all of the security flaws from the way a drum station is built, and I did this long walk with little signs as I was asking myself the questions on the bottom floor of the drum station. And, and, and all of this stuff is, is downloadable, by the way. You can get copies of these. Now, they're not yeah. the most current copies right now, <laughs> but if you have Minecraft on a computer, uh, you can download the maps and walk through the space stations and <laughs> see all of the crap that I've built. Uh, and then No Man's Sky is the other one. And... This is, I play it on uh, either the Xbox or the PlayStation. I have been playing it since the day and the hour and the minute that it came out and went live. 
And uh, I, in the current version, I have a bunch of hours in. And it is simply flying around in space, going to planets, um, finding treasures, digging shit up, um, dealing with aliens, fighting pirates. Um, it's just fun. It's, it's just, it is... Is there a creative mode where you don't have to fight this stuff? Not really, but you can base build and you can do stuff like that. It is... It, it's just a muse toy in that it allows me to fly around in space. Planets are planet-sized. They are, and these solar systems are solar system-sized. And you can take off in your little spaceship and go from the planet into sky and to another planet and, and to the space station and to, it's just, and it just allows you to relax, but at the same time to be in a universe and in, that where you can go anywhere and at, in any star in the sky that you if you can see it in the sky you can actually go there yeah and space travel was always one of your big big things like you always wanted to to go that out was, there from the time i was nine nine yeah where my prayer was, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, please don't make me go to heaven. Let me go to space. <laughs> was, that, was that really your prayer? Yes. That's yes. Adorable. Every night. Please don't make me go to heaven. Let me go to space. Aww. <laughs> and then I found out that to be an astronaut, I had to be good at math. And that is the thing I can't do. And I have tried and tried and I tried and tried and I simply am not good at math. I don't see numbers the right way. And, and so, so there was no space for me. And I wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. Yeah, you're and definitely I've, smart enough for it. It's just the math. I have the science stuff. Yeah. But the math? Mm-mm. <laughs> so those are your, your video games. That was, yeah, those, those were my two video games. And I recommend both of them. Um, what, do you, what do you get out of, what does your muse get out of No Man's Sky? space okay <laughs> the, the distances the 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 escape from now and here into this vast incredible silence where where distances are that where the planets are really full-size planets and where it is it is discovery it is the thing that i wanted yeah. And it is as close as I can humanly get to that thing that I wanted. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know we've we've talked about fiction, nonfiction and stuff. Uh movies, TV shows, obviously those can be news toys. Of course you have to kind of pull back from the addiction. Um you can get really good ideas from good shows. You can get really you, you can like um watching horror movies it can give you ideas what not to do <laughs> mm -hmm. because a lot of movies are poorly made a lot of television shows are obvious you can learn a lot about what not to do from those just like you can learn a lot of what not to do from books oh, but yeah. you can also uh, learn you know like uh, how to do a really really good bad guy you know if you, if you see like there's a really really good antagonist in something um 
or like if if you watch the first two seasons first two or three seasons of arrow the way that one of the characters turns from this amazing hero character that you just you love and you see him become this evil vile person and it and you know part uh-huh. of it wasn't this well part of it wasn't his fault it was a drug that was put into him and then he does get his own sort of um comeback story which i personally loved i think it was necessary um but of course i had a crush on the actor too manu bennett he's he's freaking hot um i think he's a kiwi too he's he's a mixture of australian and kiwi or he's just a kiwi but um i just i i do I do find a certain amount of cool shit from stuff that we watch. Like, um, we're finally watching the Orville, which I have finally cool. decided the rats' names are Bordis and Clyden. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I just, nice. I had to, and it fits because they're mates for life. They're both male. They, it's, you know, <laughs> not an all-male species, obviously, but, <laughs> right. you know, in in their world, it is because no babies. <laughs> I've done that route several times. <laughs> um... And so it it just watching things like like let's say Burn Notice Burn Notice if you've never seen it is a story about a spy who gets burned and is using his spy abilities to help people with their problems while also trying to get his job back and nice. yeah it that's the one that Bruce Campbell was in. And one, by the way, of the drawings I did of his character, which he loved and signed. And I thought yeah. that was a really cool moment. But, I'm so um, glad you got to meet him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> the, the, and, and to have a genuine moment with him too. That was what was important to me. Because it's, it's hard to have genuine moments, you know, when you're, when you're that rushed. I mean, the poor man, yeah. how many cities in, in that one tour for his book. But the idea is you learn, a, you, you can geek out on that show a little bit. Because there is a lot of research done for the show. So while they're doing things, they also explain how to, to, how to take on tactical situations. You know, how to handle a situation. It, it, it's like MacGyver, but real. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, you know, MacGyver has a, a paper clip and peanut butter and he, he, he can make something explode. It, it's... You know, it, and I know there was a lot of MacGyver in there that was real, but it was, it was like a spy MacGyver that could make things work. And it was not always the most illogical thing that, because there, some of the things that I've seen in MacGyver, it's like, well, why didn't you just do this? It would have been a lot easier, you know, and you wouldn't have had to do all that cool shit. Yeah, but <laughs> yes. What what is that um, machine that you build that knocks things down and keeps going? I forget what it's Mouse called. Mousetrap. No, no, that's the game. Oh. But what is the science based on that that game is based on? Perpetual motion? No. It, it's, no. There is a specific name for that machine. Rube Goldberg device. Yes, thank you. Yes. Yes. Everything, not everything, a lot of the things with MacGyver, it's like his mind goes directly towards that instead yeah. of what the simplest solution is. Burn Notice, if you watch Burn Notice, it's the opposite, but it's just as cool. You know, it's, it, and it's the spy take on so much shit. So that gives you a different point of view, too. So, you know, you, 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 you watch certain shows and stuff with, you just don't want to get addicted. You don't, this is an off hours kind of thing. Right. This, this is definitely not, 
I'm stuck. Let me go watch a burn notice for inspiration. You know, exactly. I caught myself almost doing that the other day. I caught myself. I was sitting down. I didn't know where to go. I was got. I'm going to go read some Darcy Coates for inspiration. And, and my left brain said, no. <laughs> Good. Yes. Good. Editor coming yes. in saying, no, bitch. Get the work done. Yep. My, my left brain mm-hmm. was saying, no, you sit here. If nothing comes to mind, you stare at the screen. Mm-hmm. And my muse came up less than a minute later. I swear it was like 30 seconds later. Oh, okay, this is what we can do. It was exactly. like, yeah. It, it, is, it was that perfect, that, that perfect working environment that day. So um, I'm going to say television. And you don't even have to get like watch an entire series. Watch an episode of some ridiculous, stupid show that everybody is talking about. Go watch... Jersey Shore, never seen it. So I'm talking, you know, I, maybe I should do something. But go watch an episode of The Bachelor. Go watch an episode of, of um, this new Paradise Hotel ridiculous thing that just looks so insane that comes out soon. Um, or, or go watch a show that you would never, ever think to watch. We don't actually have television, so... Well, you I have Hulu seen... and Netflix and... Yeah, we do. Yeah. I, I haven't seen an advertisement in, in years, though, except for for uh, when we go over to, to Matt's folks. Well, we have Hulu, but it's through Tony's Spotify, so it, it comes with ads. Ah, uh, okay. And they're very annoying, and there's like three sponsors for every show so every ad break it's the same ads and i want to punch the the wall oh boy (laughs) ads are bad enough as it is by themselves but (laughs) again it's it's all about trying to to branch out and 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 see something different and you know even if it's something ridiculous and if you like the bachelor i'm sorry i don't mean to to poo poo on you but you know or the kardashians or whatever you like you know (laughs) people yes, like strange things i like britney spears music it's all muse toys yes yes all of that weird shit um well so that's basically what i have as far as muse toys do you have anything else muse toys wise yeah well i mean everything is a muse toy if if you look at it the right way you know mm-hmm. um paint you, you if you're not an artist go buy a bunch of art supplies give fucking give it a try you know or Music. Music is a huge one. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the times we get locked in on our favorites. So a good way to do something to to break out of that is um, to listen to stations you would never think to listen to. To listen or to go on YouTube and just type in a genre of music. If you don't know genres of music, type in Google genres of music and then go to YouTube and type in whatever genre you want to try out. You, You don't... Every I used to hate different types of music in when I was younger until I realized that every kind of music is something that works for a setting. Mm-hmm. So now the only music I don't like is Bon Jovi and Journey. I just don't like them. I just <laughs> Bon Jovi has one song I like. It's about a runaway girl, but now he is banned from our house because of the Buffalo Bills thing. He wanted to move them to Canada. And the and I'm I'm glad that he's banned because it, it, his songs used to come on and Tony would listen to them, and it would irritate me because I don't like him. I just don't <laughs> like his music, and now he turns it off. So I'm I I finally get what I want. Two, All right. Journey has that one song that I like, the Runaway Train song, and 
that's it. Like, I just can't listen to the rest of their stuff. I don't know what it is. They just, they, I don't like them. But everything else, well, I love, I, I love Journey, but I love Journey with Arnel Pineda as the lead singer. I haven't he, even. I don't know any. I didn't know they changed. I don't. I just. I. I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't find myself caring to try. I. I'll try it again. That's the thing about me too. Is that I will never say never. I will always try something. I cannot stand Mark Wahlberg as an actor. I don't know why. I'm sure he's a very nice person. So. I just don't think he's a good actor. I can't stand him in anything. But I will watch the movies he's in because they're good movies. And mm-hmm. my favorite part, I have to say this, other guys, Will Ferrell movie, he's making fun of Will Ferrell because he has a wooden gun because he's not allowed to have a real gun because he shot it inside the station. And Will Ferrell hits him in the face with a nose. <laughs> or hits him in, it hits him in the nose with a gun. Okay. It looks so real. <laughs> it was my favorite part. I'm like, oh my God, that's the best. God. I don't know why. But it it's yeah. give give your dislikes a chance too. That's yeah. that's that's what I'm trying to say. Like with music, you you don't like dubstep. <laughs> Try different dubstep artists. You don't like Marky Mark. Watch the movies he's in. Yeah, know? I have I have a thing with that actually. Um Oingo Boingo was was kind of this band that never hit me in the eighties. But uh when Matt, for some reason, uh, got an, an, um, an Oingo Boingo album, and we were listening to it, and I heard the song Dead Man's Party. And I had to have, it just dug, it burrowed into my brain, and I started, I had it in the office looped, and was just playing Oingo Boingo while I was doing other stuff. And it became the inspiration for Dead Man's Party, the novel mm-hmm. that I am writing as my demo novel for how to write a novel. See, and that's a band that you weren't even, that never, no, were they weren't even, even on, even on my radar. Yeah. And Not even close. What's funny is one of the artists of that group is one that you actually like, I think. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the You Can Call Me Al guy, the video with Chevy Chase. You Can Call I Me Al. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, damn, man. I can't, we are just, our brains are just farting all over the place today. Yeah, um, they are. Well, at least you remembered Rube Ru Goldberg device. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm amazed. But yeah, trying out, trying different things that you you don't like. Like I used to not like Metallica, just did not like them. Um, and I love Fuel. It's one of my favorite songs. It's like, yeah, you know, it's just like I if if I hear it when I'm on my bike, I, I turn it off because it gets me too revved up and I don't want to be I don't want to be <laughs> taking my motorcycle too fast. I'm a no. very very cautious, very good driver, but fuel fuel makes me want to like just and I know a lot of people <laughs> Uh, especially from the 90s, if you were older or if you were really, really into metal, you hated new metal. I love new metal. New metal is like, you know, very whiny and very emo and very, it's like um, Limp Biscuit, um, Corn, um, <laughs> Linkin Park. People say Linkin Park was the worst new metal. I love Linkin Park. I yeah. I just absolutely loved everything that Linkin Park put out. I'm, I'm adult. I just, you know, but... You, you have to, to risk listening to some horrible shit <laughs> to, to find some new music. And new music can be 
just life altering. I think a lot of people realize that they feel that and it, and it is a unique experience of being human is uh-huh. being moved by art. That is not something my cats, my cats love me, but they don't love my drawings. They don't love the music that I play. In fact, I think sometimes they, they, you know, are not happy with some of the music I play, <laughs> but it is a unique experience of being human and being exposed to or creating art and music and and writing i mean all of this is art and some of you might hate but like um if you think you hate van gogh go look at his website i mean obviously the dude's dead it's not his website but go Mm -hmm. go get a book at a library about him and read and and really study his works it Mm -hmm. this is what i've done with with artists that i did not like and i've read their books like um who wrote tender buttons oh god yes she drives me nuts gertrude stein gertrude stein yeah that's the one i thought it was i just didn't remember yeah so tender buttons mom hated it i'm not really all for that kind of thing but i'm not going to take somebody else's opinion over what i might you know enjoy and it is one of the most hilarious things i i have forgotten but i will start doing this again i used to call mark up or text him just random little bits from that book and all it is is just words jumbled up it doesn't there's no meaning to it but um it's it's like mom doesn't like the the modern art nowadays but if you look at modern art there can be some pieces that you like and you can find a new oh sure some of it's nice decoration i just don't think it's art (laughs) (laughs) i think it's art with a little a it's it's not fine art yeah but yeah so I think, I think that that is one of the bigger things. I think that, that is kind of like the overall thing is, is you don't know where your muse, you can always find new muse toys, always. The, the longer you live, you don't have to get stuck with the same muse toys at all. Right. You know? Right, right. Life is learning. And as long as you are alive, you should be learning something new. Yeah. And, and learning something different. The concepts that I want to bring into this then is to you use muse toys to create useful questions, to create compelling places, and to allow your brain to play. Because when your brain plays, it comes up with new ideas and better story ideas, and it, it experiences this joy and this freedom that allows you to write better fiction. Yeah, so is that, is that the takeaway? No, no, no. There, it's actually that was just just the concepts. There were yeah. create useful questions, <laughs> create compelling places, and then and then play. Uh, the takeaway is the job of a fiction writer is to have fun, and then to translate that fun into an adventure, and then to share that adventure across time and space, so that six hundred years from now. Someone can be reading what you did in a world that you built, reading your mind the same way that we go back and read Chaucer and experience the world that Chaucer lived in, in our time today and now, and understand that people then were people in the same way that people now are and liked many of the same things and thought many of the same thoughts, but in a different time and in a different place. That is what makes this the best job ever (laughs) 
Yes, so if you would like us to do another episode on Muse Toys, let us know if uh, you have any questions, any comments, any, and hey, if you got some Muse Toys that, you know, that we didn't mention or that you want to share, go to hollyswritingclasses.com, create yourself a completely free account, and drop into the podcast forums. It is clearly labeled podcast alone within, or alone in a room with invisible people. And let us know, what are your muse toys? What gets you excited? Because this is the kind of thing that we can share with each other and kind of like, oh, I never thought of trying that. And that's right down the road. I'm going to go give it a shot. You know, you, uh-huh. you never know that you might be able to give somebody else a muse toy. And you might pick some muse toys up from us, from somebody else. I mean... It's, it's about branching out. It's about learning more about your fellow man and, and, and putting yourself and your experiences and your opinions of the other people in your work. So that is, we would love to hear from you. Again, we, we do have a site. It is alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. You can leave a comment on that blog, but the, the blog is just our show notes. It just, the, the blog will give you all the links to everything that we've talked about. If we put anything in the show notes, we'll, if, you know, like we'll make sure to put in Iona Andrews and Darcy Coates and um, the Rube, Rube Goldberg device. I'd like to put a link to the wiki in that and, and, and <laughs> yes. all of the other things that maybe we brought up. We'll just put some links in there, some exciting Muse toy possibility links. And um, it's got all of our other links as well, like our um, different coffee accounts, the the funding for us. The podcast forum is where we really, really communicate, where we really, really become a community. And it's where you can find help and support and friendship. That's the coolest thing is that there are people like you. There are people like you out there. You, you're you're you, unique but the, the, there are people that think like you and people that love like you and people that yeah. have the same convictions. And the, the, the podcast forums is where to find it. Yeah, you don't so. have to do this alone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Elite, unique, but not alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> unique, but not alone. So that even though the title is Alone in a Room with Invisible People... Well, that's the job. Yeah, that's the job. <laughs> so you can just de- definitely go in, create the free account. Remember, you do get the free three-week course. It is how to write flash fiction. You can create something that is sellable by the end of it. And you also learn a whole lot through that that teaches you about writing in general. It's not just for flash fiction. Um, you can follow us on the socials at Airwhip. It is A-I-A. R-W-I-P. I always have a problem with that for some reason. <laughs> but that is on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can follow Holly Lyle at Holly Lyle on Twitter or Holly.Lyle on Instagram. And I am Argalardo on Instagram. I don't remember if I even have a Twitter. I, I mean, I know I have a Twitter. I just don't remember what the name <laughs> is. It might just be at Rebecca Gallardo. Um, our Facebook is uh, somewhat active. You know, uh, I think the Facebook is the most active of our social media. So you can find us at Alone in a Room with Invisible People on Facebook. We've gotten some new recommendations, which I really, really appreciate. I can't tell you guys enough. When you when you go on there and you give us the five stars and you give us the recommendation, you know, it, it means a lot to us. I don't know how much it, it, it helps in any sort of friggin' algorithms or anything like that, but your reviews move us. Okay, Becky You're, sends me screenshots of them from time yeah. to time. It, it it really does. It's it's a day maker. Yeah, <laughs> to know that we reach somebody that we have never met, um, that has never even you know heard of us before, 
and that says, you know, like you guys just helped me get out of a block or you guys just gave me the answer to something I was stuck on. That means the world to us. So definitely communicate with us, talk to us. We, we love being able to help. We're here to answer the questions that you have. If you have questions, we have a podcast forum topic specifically for that. It is titled your questions, concerns, whatever. Go in there. Leave us your question. If, 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 if you're struggling with something with your writing and we haven't covered the topic yet, then we might be able to. And if we have, we will point you in the right direction and everybody else there will also help answer your questions. Now, supporting Holly. I'm going to mention two of the ways that she you can support her, two or three, and then she's going to talk to you about her coffee account. But um, so the first is, you know, go check out her fiction. We're sitting here, we're talking about writing, we're talking about all this stuff that we've done. I have very limited stuff out and it's very old. Holly is the person you're here to listen to because she is the one with all the experience. Go check out her fiction. It's Holly Lyle, L-I-S-L-E, and read to see that she knows what she's talking about. Go buy her, her first book, Fire in the Mist. Go buy, uh, you know, something in the, the older you know the the mid-range you know where it's it's like the um secret text novels you know those go by Talon or something um just try to go out there and and take a look at her fiction so that you can see yeah she knows what she's talking about that that would the, the Longview series is also that's the most current if you want to mm-hmm. want to check that one out right for um, now that's the most current one yeah yeah for now but those, that's one way to support her. It's also one way to know that, you know, we're, we're not talking out of our ass here. The, <laughs> the other way is join the community and take a look at the classes that she has. They start at, what, under $10. I think they're nine ninety nine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go up to, you know, some are in the 30s and 40s and some other are even more, you know, they're, they're larger courses. We're talking about months and months and months of self-paced learning that teaches you different things. How to revise your novel. I stand by it. it is my favorite thing that I've ever taken because it got me over that hump because the revision you you don't understand how difficult it is it's not just editing little words here and there and you know wondering what's wrong it, it helps you make your book a better thing so that that is my personal recommendation but um, those are two ways to support Holly. Holly, go ahead and talk about your coffee account. Okay, my coffee account, which Becky says is ko-fi.com forward slash Holly, L-I-S-L-E, Holly Lyle. Um, we are, I, I am rather, um, doing a drawing for, uh, one person is as kind of my thank you for people who are funding me. Um, and this is open to everybody uh, who funds me once or by subscription. I have uh, create a character clinic print versions. These, these are the not for resale versions, so I am the only person who can get them. So they are unique in that regard. I bought five of them. They are autographed, and I'm going to be doing drawings uh, of everybody who has funded me. And it's going to be once one drawing per month um, for giving away these books. So um, if you have funded me, uh, you will be in the drawing. And uh, I'm doing something special for the folks who are funding me on a monthly basis. We're going to be doing live chats. Um, That's I'm not cool. sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how often we'll be able to do that. But 
Uh, I figure one Saturday, every once in a while, I can sit down and hang out with people and we can just talk. And it's going to be video. It's going to uh, be the same thing that we're using. Becky and I are using to talk to each other right now, which is Zoom. Um, so you need, yeah, and it's free. Just to let you know, Zoom is free. Holly mm-hmm. Holly does pay for her account so that the right. you know you, you get more than ten minute sessions or whatever the limit <laughs> yeah. is. Exactly, but it's a free download. Right, it is a free download. It does not cost anything, and if you've got a halfway decent internet connection, it tends to work. Yeah, and you and, can also turn off the camera if you're shy about showing your face. Right, that's and that's fine. I have no problem with that. <laughs> so. Um, that's what I'm doing. And then we, there are still a bunch of other people who had a bunch of other ideas. And I put up a, a um, survey. And I am, have closed the survey now. And I am trying, I think I'm going to do most, almost everything that everybody suggested, just at different times. So that, yeah, that you know, that's kind neat. Of change you, it up. And, yeah, the rewards change. It's yeah. not the same. It's always a little bit different. You never know what's going to happen. It's exciting. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think the very first five copies of the version version three of Create a Character Clinic are going out to my people in print. And uh, I just wanted that to be the first thing because that was the very first of my fiction of my how to write fiction classes that I ever did. It is now on its third edition. <laughs> and uh, so it was really special for me, and I wanted that to be the, the, the very first rewards for my, my coffee guys. I think that's amazing. That's really <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, if you need to uh, reach out to anybody, by the way, we did create a, well, I created a forum topic that is uh, for podcast support you know, listeners, if you're going through a rough time, that's a good way to go in there and kind of have a safe place to talk about it. We don't want to turn it into a um, a constant like uh, rant or bitch place, you know, you, you, and we definitely right. don't want politics, no religion, no politics ever. That's that's something that is in, in the rules. Um, but it is kind of just a place to um, if, if you don't have anybody that supports your writing, that's a place to go. If you're going through some depression or something, that's a place to go. Or if you want to talk to me personally, it's Rebecca at alonewithinvisiblepeople.com. If you don't want to share your stuff with a whole bunch of people, I'm here to listen. Um, I can't promise I'll understand everything you're going through, obviously, but I am a very sympathetic person. Uh, if you have anything about the show, if you have any ideas, any questions and you don't want to put them out in the, the forum again it's show at alone with invisible people.com and i think that is it for today i just want to say thank you guys so much for listening thank you for leaving the comments on the facebook page for for leaving the reviews the reviews help us a lot for leaving the recommendations on the facebook page i think that's really cool i'm sure it helps in some way i just i'm not really into the facebook in algorithm knowledge <laughs> but um you you know all the stuff that we put out knowing that there are people out there that are not part of the podcast um, forum that we are reaching you and that you are moved by us enough to say something that means the world. It does. It does. So yeah. Anything left Holly? Um, that's my good, good night and see you next week. <laughs> okay. My, my only thing is just remember that you can do this, that there is no place that you come from where you cannot create yourself to become the writer you want to be. It is, it is doable, 
uh, it is challenging. It is the most extraordinarily difficult thing I have ever done in my life, and it continues to be the most extraordinarily difficult thing that I do. But it is difficult in a wonderful way, and you can do this.